Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Good. So pumped for that. Hey, that is uh, September 23rd is a Friday night. That will be the encounter night with Pastor Phil. Thanks so much. And um, September 25th is the Sunday. So put that in your calendars. Going to be so great. Good morning. Wow, this is so fun. Usually I am playing guitar or singing or something, but to be able to speak with you this morning is such an honor and a privilege. I'm very excited. Um, Hey, you guys know that the church is not just a building, but it's actually you guys. When we come together on a Sunday morning, we are the church. So I just want to say thanks so much for being here this morning and coming and worshiping and contributing because without you guys, this would be just a building and it's an amazing building. But with you guys, we are the church. And hey, can we just thank the worship team one more time this morning? So good. Um, So amazing to have Becca leading with us again. Um, I I have to say, if you guys are new, maybe you don't know, Becca actually used to be our worship pastor. And so I owe so much of who I am today to Becca and her leadership in my life. So, so great to have you leading. Thanks so much, Bex. And um, before I get into it, I just want to take one second to thank and honor Pastor Lauren and Kelly. You know, they are some of the best leaders imaginable. And let me, uh, I'm going to let you in on a little secret about Pastor Lauren, and that is uh, anytime he's sharing at a staff meeting or uh, an event, an all-in, something like that, he's almost always sharing from just what he read that day in the Word. He is a man who loves the Bible, loves the Word of God, and I just aspire to be like him. I don't think he ever misses a day of his Bible in a year, so I just aspire to be like him so much and just um, and, and just so humbled and honored, honestly, that you would share the platform with me this morning. So um, can we just give it up for Pastor Lauren and Kelly? Amazing. And I'll be honest, I think um, singing in front of people is easier than talking somehow. Um, But I do really believe that God has something he wants to share with you and with us this morning. So um, I hope you're excited. I am super excited to be sharing. And so for those who I haven't had the privilege of meeting yet, I think I know most of you, but um, my name is Phoenix. I have been coming here since about 2006. I was nine years old, and, uh, and you're like, so it's been like two years. Yeah. No, um, I'm 25, and uh, I just have the honor of leading our worship team. And uh, honestly, I grew up in this house. Um, most of the people here are like a second family to me. Um, so just love our church, love C3 um, so much, and just super excited to be sharing this morning. And I actually think I have a picture. Um, Jamie, if you can put that up on the screens. That is me. On the worship team. I think I'm like 13 in that photo. I'm playing guitar. We kind of look the same. That's my friend Zach playing drums. Um, but yes, I, I joined the worship team when I was 12. And um, 
They probably had me muted on the soundboard the first five years, but uh, I've come a long way. Um, let's just pray before we get into it. God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to share this morning. I just pray that you would speak to people where they're at this morning. Um, thank you that we can come as we are when we come to church. And I just pray that you would give me your words this morning. Help me not to share just uh, what's on my heart, God, but what's on your heart. So um, I just pray for this morning that it would go smooth. And just thank you for every person that walked through those doors this morning. And just bless them. Amen. Um, let me tell you a story. So when I was about eight years old, when I was a kid, this amazing family moved next door to my family. And um, there was a, a son in the family, similar age to me, and we became instant best friends. We hung out every day. We did what boys do, you know, play games and go on adventures and um, get in some trouble, have a lot of fun. And uh, I have two sisters and he was an only child, so um, we kind of became like brothers. And uh, at one point in our friendship, he invited me to this church. And if we're being honest, it was probably more like his mom invited our whole family to church. But in my mind, he invited me to church. And actually, many of you would know uh, his mom. She's here this morning, Beverly Ann, an amazing woman of God. And, um, and what? Oh, yes, there's a photo of us. So cute. Um, that is at a C3 conference in uh, 2010. And um, yes, you can take that down. Um, and because, because they invited us to church, my entire life changed. Because they invited us. Wow, I was not expecting to cry. I met God. I... Um, Loved, loved the Bible, fell in love with worship, just the church. And I tell you that this morning to say, um, don't underestimate what you can do in someone's life when you invite them to church. So right now, we are in a series called What is Truth? We're taking our uh, statement of faith as C3 Global. These are in the foyer. I highly encourage you to take one on your way out this morning. And um, we are just preaching through these uh, 12 statements. And um, I'm super glad they didn't give me the one on sex and marriage. <laughs> um, but but uh, I get the privilege this morning of um, talking about something that's actually super close to my heart. And that is uh, this. We believe in the church being the body of Christ and each member being an active part of the local church fulfilling the Great Commission. And so I highly encourage you to go back and listen to some of the podcasts if you missed any of the weeks. The messages were amazing. And we had Pastor Dave Olson last week from BC, and I wasn't here, but I listened to the podcast. Amazing. Um, such a good message. So I highly encourage you to get those. But um, let me say that again. This is what I will be speaking on this morning. We believe in the church being the body of Christ and each member being an active part of a local church fulfilling the Great Commission. So if I had to break that down a little bit in my own language, I would say it like this. We believe that you and I, being active members of the local church, is God's chosen method for reaching the lost. 
And that plan for reaching the lost is fulfilled by what is outlined in the Great Commission, which is sharing the gospel, baptizing people, and practicing the ways of Jesus. So let's dive in. If you're taking notes and want to go to heaven, um, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. But it's good to take notes. Um, my first point this morning is the church is the body of Christ. So why don't you turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 28. And this is in the NLT. It's a little bit long, but stick with me. We'll be up on the Sky Bible. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. So good. So the book of 1 Corinthians was written by a man named Paul. Um, he wrote a bunch of the books in the New Testament. And if you're new to the Bible, um, like I was at one point, there's, the Bible's kind of split into two parts. is the Old Testament and the New Testament. And Paul wrote a bunch of the books in the New Testament. And so when he was writing 1 Corinthians... Um, although we read it as a book now, he was actually writing a letter to the church in Corinth. And this is a church that he had planted, a church that he had started. So he actually would have known this community super well that he was writing to. And because of that, this book covers a bunch of different topics. The first half of First Corinthians is sort of um, Paul addressing sin issues. They were a new church, a young church, so they were going through some things like we all do, and so he was addressing some of those sin issues. And the second half of the book was him just addressing some stuff they didn't know, some ignorant stuff, because you don't know what you don't know. And uh, much like a child needs to be taught things, the church also needed to be taught things to grow into maturity. So that is why Paul is writing First Corinthians. And so what I see when we read this passage um, is a few things. One, that we are the body of Christ. Paul makes that super clear. And he also says we have a part to play in the body. You know, many people think we can just come to church and um, 
show up and spectate like it's a podcast or Netflix or something like that. Uh, we've all been guilty of that. But I'm actually here to challenge that thought a little bit this morning and say when you come to church, when we come to church, we come to contribute. Even if that's not serving on a team, we come to contribute. We are the priest when we come to church. We are the body of Christ. And now I might step on a couple toes here if what I'm about to say offends you. Pastor Tim's email is tims at myc3church.ca. He's much more loving than I am sometimes. But what we see here in verse 13 is that the church is a family, like I said. We come to contribute. When we come to church, we put our work, our work boots on and we get to work. Because it's not about me, it's not about you, it's not about us, but it's about serving the church. It's about, first and foremost, when we come to church, it's to worship and glorify God. It's also to be in community with one another, to encourage each other in the faith, um, to be a light to our neighborhood, kind of hard out here, way out here, but um, to reach our neighborhood and to reach the lost and to make disciples. And we see in verse 14 onwards, um, Paul says that we are individual parts making up one body. So I just encourage you this morning, it actually takes all of us together, working together to accomplish Jesus' vision for the church. And uh, we'll read this later on, but God, and maybe you don't know this, God has actually given you a gift that you can use when you come to church. Each of you are so unique, so special. Even if it's not serving on a team, if it's just encouraging someone, he's given you a gift you can use when you come um, to the body of Christ. And um, what I love about this vision that um, Jesus, and I guess Paul's the one writing it, but paints about the church is that the church is diverse. There's diversity in the body. This should be good news to us because um, not only doesn't, not only, you know, should the church be like multi-generational and multi-ethnic and diverse, but it also means that we can not 100% agree on some things when we come to church. It's okay if we disagree on some things. Now, we have to be united on certain things. And to be honest, it's pretty much everything on this list of core beliefs, which is why we're doing this series right now. There's some things we need to be united on, but some things we can disagree on. And all the Calvinists said, amen. And we see this idea again in Ephesians 4, 4 to 17. And I think this will also come up on the Sky Bible. This is uh, the message paraphrase. It says, you are all called to travel on the same road in the same direction. So stay together both outwardly and inwardly. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness, but that doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same. Out of the generosity of Christ, each of us is given his own gift. And actually, speaking of the church, is there anybody who's here for the first time today? I met a couple of you. Awesome. So great. You are so welcome here in this place. We love that you're here this morning. Um, and if you are here for the first time and you're looking for a new church, I actually have a couple things to say to you this morning. And uh, the first one is just some good wisdom. 
Okay, if you're looking for the new church, you can keep this in mind. Um, hopefully you're not, but um, if your church looks and thinks and acts, everyone in the church looks and thinks and acts exactly the same, you're probably in a cult, not a church. <laughs> and two, you'll never, ever find the perfect church. We're all, every church is made up of humans with problems and emotions, and um, you'll never find a perfect church. Of course, you want to find one that you align with their values and what they believe, and they preach the Bible. But once you do that, I would encourage you just to stay in there as long as you can and, and serve them as best as you can. And that leads me to our next, my next point, if you're taking notes this morning, or the next part of this uh, statement. Being an active member of a local church fulfilling the Great Commission. Or as I would put it, the local church is God's plan for reaching the lost and making disciples. So turn with me to Acts 2, 42 to 47. And this is in the NLT. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. And to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So here in Acts, um, Luke, the author, is describing the purpose of the church, really. Um, do you know the church actually has a purpose? And if we don't know the purpose and the strategy for the church, we're going to be very frustrated trying to make it something that it's not. Let me say that again. If we don't know the purpose and the strategy of the church, we're going to be very frustrated trying to make it something that it wasn't meant to be. Now, the word church in English did not exist at this point when he was writing this. Um, he would have written this book in the Greek language, and he would have used the word ekklesia. And so a little bit of a better definition for that means a called out assembly. And I think this is where we get the idea that church is people gathered together. It's an assembly. It's not necessarily four walls and a building. And the strategy, the plan he lays out for the church is that we would meet together in one place to pray, to share what we have with one another, um, to sell our possessions and give the money to the poor, to worship and praise God together, to meet in homes for meals. So glad we're doing these summer barbecues. It's so good to have fellowship together. Um, and that's basically what he lays out for us in Acts, is that the local church, there's a plan to the church. There's, the, there's a plan to um, how we reach the lost and make disciples. And actually... I wasn't really planning on talking about it this morning, but just to touch on, I, I can't help myself but talk about worship a little bit. Um, just to touch on that, the plan, um, you know, the plan that he's laid out for us in the church. There's actually a plan to our worship as well, 
And, you know, oftentimes you'll hear me or whoever is leading say, like, lift your hands in worship. And um, sometimes it maybe challenges, challenges us a little bit, depending on your personality type. It's like when someone tells you to do something, you just instantly want to do the opposite. Um, but uh, the reason we, we lift our hands in worship is because God actually wants to be worshipped a certain way. It's, he, doesn't, he wants to be worshipped in a certain way, just like a relationship. You know how if you're in a successful relationship, you actually have to get to know what that person wants, and you just do those things that that person wants? Worship is like that. We have to know what God wants, and we do that in worship. Otherwise, we're not really holding up our end of the relationship in worship to God. Wasn't planning on that, but let me keep going. Um, have you ever noticed, like, trends in Christianity, Christian trends? Um, for example, if you're, like, similar age to me, maybe a little bit older, um, maybe you're, like, youth and younger Christian years are, like, defined by the WWJD bracelets, what would Jesus do? And um, maybe you also read Joshua Harris's book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Anyone read that one? I haven't, to be honest, but... Um, if you're like late 20s, early 30s, you know, that probably takes you right back to your youth. For me, in my teenage years, um, I have like some very distinct memories of what defines my like teenage years as a Christian. And I remember going to YC, it was this youth conference, our church would take the youth every year, it was a lot of fun. I don't think it exists anymore, but um, those memories are defined by these three things for me. First, it's like cheesy names for youth groups. It's like, why did youth groups even need a name in the first place? Um, but it was always like Blaze Youth or Explosion Youth, something like that. Like these cheesy youth group names. I don't know why that was a trend, but it definitely was when I was in youth. And this, also, every sermon, every podcast, everything I heard around that age um, always had this slogan in it. I'm sure you've heard it before. It's not a religion, it's a relationship. That was a trend, I think, for a while that... that um, was going around in the Christian thing. And the, the other trend for me is Christian metal bands. You know what I'm talking about? Like, if, if I'm in the Christian bookstore walking down the aisle and I hear, like, Skillet or Thousand Foot Crutch or something like that, these are these bands, these Christian metal bands, I die a little bit inside still. It's, like, just was so cheesy and so bad. No offense if anyone loves that music. If you... If you come to know me, you know I'm very strongly opinionated on music. It just wasn't my thing. But um, that was a trend, these Christian metal bands. And for all these trends, love them or hate them, there was actually a trend that caught my eye a few years ago. And that was uh, seeing this book all over Instagram. I don't know if anyone's read this one before, God Has a Name by John Mark Comer. Amazing book, but... Um, I remember seeing this all over Instagram. You couldn't open uh, any social media and not see, like, a pastor, a worship leader, other Christians just posting about this book, sharing this book. They loved it so much. So, of course, I bought a copy. I read the book, and I actually loved it so much. I went and bought all of his books, and I read all of them. And um, John Mark Comer, the author, has really become one of the biggest influences in my uh, Christian walk, in my faith, in how I view Jesus. And um, yeah, so that was a trend. So one of the things he talks about a little bit in this book, but more some of his other books, 
is this thing we're talking about this morning, discipleship, um, making disciples, right? That's part of the Great Commission. And um, I don't want to go too far into it, but I'll just divert it a little bit, and then we'll come back into discipleship. But um, let me define discipleship for us. Um, the dictionary says, it's the regular or full-time performance of actions and activities undertaken for the purpose of inducing spiritual experiences and cultivating spiritual development. Otherwise put, the way I would define uh, spiritual discipline is it's how we experience God and it's how we grow. And I've got a quote here from the author. Uh, it says, quote, spiritual practices are how we follow Jesus, how we adopt his lifestyle, and how we create space for emotional health and spiritual life. And then um, I've got another quote here, and this really has become a defining motto in my life. I don't know if anyone sets goals in the new year. Does anybody set goals? January comes around. I actually only had one goal this year, and that was um, this, to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. And so um, I'm super excited. Uh, most of you have maybe heard this before, or if you're on E! News you would have seen it. We're actually launching a discipleship pathway, a brand new discipleship pathway in October that's going to dive a little bit deeper into these things, into spiritual discipline. And it's actually founded by the author, John Mark Comer. It's going to be amazing. Uh, I've seen a bunch of it already, and I know you guys are going to love it. Um, super excited for that. Is everyone still feeling good? Still feeling okay? Doing good? Um, thanks for sticking with me here. We're almost done. Ten minutes left, and um, I'm going to land the plane here with um, Matthew 28, 16 to 20, if you'll just stick with me a little bit longer. Now, if you're new to the Bible, um, Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. It's part of what we call the Gospels, which is the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And all these books tell the same stories just through a different lens, through a different author. So they tell the same stories of Jesus' life, just from a little bit different of a perspective. And I love the book of Matthew. It's honestly probably my favorite book of the Bible. I just love the way it portrays Jesus' life. Um, so let's read this together. This is the NLT version again, Matthew 28, 16 to 20. And this is the Great Commission. So it says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And they saw him. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, let's pause there for a second. If there's a therefore in the Bible, it's there for a reason, okay? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always and to the end of the age. Now, actually, let's read the same uh, passage just from the message paraphrase version. Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I've commanded you. 
I'll be with you as you do this, day after day, and right up to the end of the age. So I don't know if you picked up on this, but this isn't called the great mission. It's called the great co-mission. These two words, co and mission, they actually go together. It's not something that we do on our own, and it's not something Jesus does on his own, but it's a co-mission. It's something we do with him. And we also see here in verse 19 to 20 that he actually lays out there's a way that we become disciples. There's a way he wants us to make disciples. And the way he lays that out for us, the way he wants us to make disciples, it says here, is to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and to instruct them to practice all that Jesus has commanded us. Um, to practice the ways of Jesus. Is that making sense? We're good? He's laid out these two things, to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to instruct them to practice the ways of Jesus. Now, Dallas Willard, an amazing theologian, once said, one of the most significant issues of our time is whether people who identify as Christians would become apprentices and disciples of Jesus. Man, that's convicting. So how do we apply this to our lives? Um, you know, we all know this type of person, okay? Sunday morning, they, after church, they're at home cooking lunch or whatever. They're blasting oceans by Hillsong United, you know, just like in the worship zone. And on Monday, they're singing along to like Lizzo or something. It's like some of you thought I just spoke in tongues. Um, Lizzo's an artist. Please don't look her up. Um, my point is... Okay? Being the body of Christ, fulfilling the Great Commission, um, and being a disciple to Jesus isn't really at the forefront of our culture, and not even really at the forefront of Christian culture. And I think the problem that we can fall into if we don't keep this command of making disciples at the forefront of what we do is that we will completely miss the mark of what Jesus asked us to do in the first place. So, what I don't want you to take away from this message this morning is to think I'm saying that you need to serve every Sunday, you need to be here early, you need to like run around like a crazy person on the street and invite everyone you know to come to church, and then Jesus will love you, and then you'll be making disciples. That's not true. Just not true. Those things are good. We want to serve. We want to invite people to church, but Jesus actually... Um, calls, he, he meets us where you're at this morning and invites you to come on this journey with him. And if you know me and you know our team, the last thing we would ever, ever want to do is ask people to do more, be more, serve more, and burn them out and uh, wear them out. That's not our culture as a church. And, you know, I know my experience at church is maybe different from other people's experiences at church, but this is what Jesus calls us to do to make disciples. And so what I really do hope you hear from this message this morning, and I'll actually invite the band to come back up. And if you're taking notes, you can write these down. What I really hope you hear this morning is that we have a part to play in the family of God. When you come to church, you come to contribute, you actually have a gift God has given you that you can use when you come to church. 
And when we meet together, it's first and foremost to worship God the way he wants to be worshipped, not the way we want to worship him, okay? And when we come together, we come to serve each other, to pray, to encourage each other in the faith, to lift each other up, to share meals together, to have fellowship together. And Jesus has a vision and a plan for the church and how he wants us to make disciples. And that is by baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching people to practice the ways of Jesus. So if you missed these two points, let me just summarize it again as we wrap up here. The church is the body of Christ and the local church is God's plan for reaching the lost and making disciples. Now, I want to I leave you guys with something super practical that you can take away this morning. So we've tried to make this as easy as possible for you. Um, and I'm super pumped for this. We are actually doing baptisms on September 18th, I believe. And so if you want to take that next step into discipleship, you want to take this next step um, just into declaring Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, uh, we would love to baptize you. And we just invite you to do that. You can sign up at the info desk or talk to Tim or someone. It's always Tim. I don't know why. Love you, Tim. And um, the second thing, super practical, like I said, we're launching this discipleship pathway in October called Practicing the Way. And so if you want to dive deeper into spiritual discipline, into making disciples, into these things I touched on a little bit this morning, um, you can actually head to, I think there's going to be a QR code on the screen. You can head to practicingtheway.org slash practices or scan that QR code. And that's just like a little teaser to what uh, we'll be launching fully in the fall. And this is going to really influence our teaching on Sunday mornings, uh, kids' church, youth, groups, everything. It's going to uh, play a huge role in the church going forward. So if you scan that QR code and head there and just put in your email at the bottom, you'll get some tools. Um, there's this super great, like... Um, thing you fill in that shows you how to practice the ways of Jesus every day in your life is awesome. So highly encourage you to go to that. So you guys feeling good? Making sense this morning? Um, before we head back into worship, I just want to pray for two groups of people this morning. And the first group I want to pray for is for those of you who actually want to repent and ask God for forgiveness for not being an active member of the church. Um, for sitting back, maybe had your arms crossed, judgmental all the time, and you want to just say, sorry, God, that I've been like that. You want to repent. I would love to pray for you. And the second group of people I want to pray for are those of you who want to go deeper into Jesus's call in our lives to fulfill the Great Commission and to make disciples. Maybe you want to get baptized. Maybe you want to start a new group. You just want to dive deeper into this Thing Jesus has called us to do um, to, to serve when we come to church, to be active when we come to church, to play our part in the family. Maybe you fall into one of those two categories just as we dim the lights. Um, if you fall into one of those two categories, can you just lift your hand this morning with every head bowed, every eye closed? So good. I see you guys. Let's give it a couple more seconds. Maybe the Holy Spirit is putting a small nudge on you. So good. I'm, let's pray. God, I just thank you so much for these people who are lifting their hands this morning to say, God, we're sorry for when we came 
to church and didn't contribute, when we sat back judgmental with our arms crossed. God, and we also pray for these people who uh, want to be bold and take a, a step of faith and say, when I come to church, I'm going to serve. When I come to church, I'm going to put my work boots on and encourage people. When I come to church, I'm going to make disciples. I just pray for those people as well this morning, God, that you would just light a fire inside of them. Holy Spirit, thank you, God. God, we just thank you for your spirit that's here this morning. I just thank you for this opportunity I got to share this morning. We just pray you bless these people. In Jesus' name, amen. So good. So, hey, we're going to enter back into a time of worship. But if you want to come up after worship for prayer, um, I'll be down at the front and the prayer team will be down after worship. But um, why don't we just stand together this morning and we're going to enter back in to a time of worship. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.